everybody. Welcome to So I've Been Told. This is episode 54. My name is Adam Kramer, and my guest on this episode is Mike Middleton of the band Hangnail. If you're unfamiliar with Hangnail, they were a band that has it was around back in the 90s and released some records on Tooth and Nail and on BEC Recordings. So they're a band that I've been aware of for a long time. Um, being kind of a tooth and nail kid, but they got back together this past year and recorded some Christmas tunes and released those on tooth and nail. Uh, so check out Christmas hymns. You'll be hearing one of the songs off of that here in just a minute. But before I do that, I wanted to share something else with you guys. Uh, maybe let some of you know about a feature that you didn't know about regarding this podcast. So if you go to anchor.fm slash so I've been told, you can leave me a voice message. And a couple weeks ago, uh, Jane Garner, who is the daughter of former guests, Andrew Garner, real old friend of mine, she left a voicemail for us, uh, well, for me, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Uh, and, you know, if you guys want to interact with the show more, definitely go leave me voice messages, tell me you're listening. You know, it would be rad. Um, I'd like to see that happen more often. So thanks, Jane, for sending the message. Uh, I really enjoyed having you down on the show. We've known each other for a very, very long time. So anyway, I'm going to play that. And then actually what I'll do is right after that, I will jump right back in. I'm going to play One Small Child by Hangnail featuring Josh Kemble of dogwood and then after that i'm just gonna you know let you hear the conversation mike and i had enjoy hi i'm listening to one of your podcasts and my dad is in it and i just wanted to say thank you for giving him that chance to really open up and like get people to know about him and his music thank you so much bye
happy release day. Thank you. Yeah, this time this time it worked out kind of cool. Anyway, even if it is a little late. Um, yeah. Let's uh, you know, I don't want to keep you. Uh, you know, we'll we'll just get right to it because I don't want to keep you too long. I know it, uh, it is getting pretty late, but. Uh, I got time. I got I got an hour and twenty four minutes until the alarm goes off at my church. Okay. So. Weird. <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll just go through your history with, you know, what was your introduction to uh, to music in general? Um, you know, did you come from a musical family? And then in, and then more specifically, uh, what was your introduction to, like, punk rock? Yeah, so uh, I did come from a somewhat musical family. My mom was the kids' choir musical director at our church, mm-hmm. and so I always did that kind of stuff growing up. She kind of forced us to do, like, special music, me and my siblings <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, took piano lessons, um, played bassoon, you know, actually oh, wow. in college and, and stuff like that. So I have a lot of classical influences as well. Um, lived a pretty sheltered musical life, in a sense, because I only listened to Christian music up until about middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had an older brother who was into, like, Tourniquet and Baron Cross and Mortification. So I, I kind of had that heavier side of the Christian scene going on from a young age. Yeah. Uh, but didn't really have the history of, like, rock and roll music as much. Because, like, I was listening to, like, Sandy Patty and Carmen <laughs> and stuff growing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, in middle school, I met the guys, uh, the other guys in Hangnail. And we started jamming because uh, there was this talent show that came up. We were in band together in jazz band, and um, there was this talent show, and we did like Nirvana covers, Green Day, Weezer, bands yeah. like that, are kind of some of the bands that I kind of started getting introduced to that sort of music. Yeah. Uh, but then soon thereafter, found out there was bands like MXPX who had just come out with Poconacha. Um, mm. I was into the Tooth and Nail collection before that even. Um, and so that's where that kind of started to evolve. And so really, Green Day was one of the biggest influences. And yeah. then I would say MXPX, and then along came Slick Shoes, um, you know, Craig's Brother, Dogwood, all those bands. Yeah, it's been a it's been a big year for you know bands from that world coming back as well with uh, that Slick Shoes record and you guys, and it's uh, it's been pretty rad. Uh, so how did Hangnail? So Hangnail came together. You guys started doing, you know, doing covers. Um, so how did how did you jump from that to, you know, writing your own tunes? And you know, what were some of your first experiences playing, uh, you know, playing shows and, you know, traveling to play shows? I'd, I'd love to hear about all that. Sure. So we started in eighth grade. Uh, like like I said, you know, doing covers and stuff, but we did have some originals that were just awful, of course, <laughs> you know, because uh, we were still finding ourselves. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was really into Nirvana at the time and didn't really understand the lyrics. I just kind of thought they were random. So my right. lyrics were random as well. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we did have some original music, but it was pretty goofy. You know, we were kind of finding ourselves playing birthday parties and, and stuff like that locally. Um, and then we started having opportunities to play at my home church. Um, we played at like the county fair. They had like a battle of the bands competition that we won, which actually gave us some income so we could, you know, record and and make CDs and stuff like that. And just slowly bit by bit, you know, we started slowly writing slightly better music. Um, and 
started gaining more of a following and just kind of started playing out regionally and it just kind of expanded from there um, all the way until the point where we kind of a pivotal moment was when we played the new band showcase stage at Cornerstone mm -hmm. um, and that gave us an opportunity and exposure to you know uh, record labels and stuff like that and, and the ball just started rolling from there so. yeah was that was that how you guys got connected uh, with Tooth & Nail? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how they learned of us. Um, we may have sent some kind of press kit to them. I don't, I don't remember for sure. Um, <clears throat> there was a time where, I've, I've told this story before, but uh, we were big into MXPX and stuff, and my girlfriend at the time was with me at Cornerstone. They had just played a midnight show um, at one of the encore stages, and um, I had a bunch of demo CDs of our band in my backpack, and she wanted to give one to Yuri after the show, which which I was really embarrassed about. I was like, no, 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 we're not doing that, you know. But she insisted, uh, and did that. And uh, as it turns out, like maybe a year down the road or something, MXPX was playing in Milwaukee uh, at a venue called the Rave, and we were talking with them after the show outside by their bus and mentioned the name of our band and Mike ran back on the bus and apparently he had RCD playing in his discman at the time and he was oh, like that's... I really like this a lot yeah um, and so at that time they had a record label uh, called Rock City Records mm -hmm. um, and there was some interest on their part and some interest from other labels and so there just was more and more interest kind of building um, and again I don't know where Tooth and Nail kind of came in but just out of the blue I was in college at the time and got a voice message from Brandon saying, hey, I'm interested in you guys, and kind of the rest is history from there. Yeah. Now, and you guys technically were, you put out your records on BEC, is that is that correct? Right. Um, so what Was there a, like a conscious decision on your end, or was that a label decision? Um, just because, it, you know, you guys fit so well with, you know, I just think about, I just, just I think it was just until I was looking it up on Wikipedia that I realized that it, it wasn't actually the tooth and nail imprint that you guys released most of your material on. Um, do, do you know what the you know what the story was with that? Yeah, so that's confusing to a lot of people mm -hmm. and even a little bit to myself as well. <laughs> um, but what happened was our, our self-titled release was on BEC Recordings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Facing Changes, the second album, was on both BEC and Tooth and Nail. Okay, like got released by both labels like like what uh, supertones did there uh, yeah did they do that yeah i, I think so yeah okay and then our third release transparent was just on tooth and nail okay um and i don't recall anybody really explaining why um i know when we signed our record deal it was with bec recordings and all we knew it was kind of a new thing they were doing i think they had some bigger acts on there at the time I and mean, we were one of the first but i think Supertones may have been putting something out on BEC at that time, okay. Dingy's, Project 86. Um, and so we were like, hey, you know, sounds good. You know, it's yeah. still Brandon Evil, it's still Tooth and Nail Family, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was really no rhyme or reason in my mind. I'm sure they had reasons behind it, but I'm not sure what those are. Yeah. I was just curious because I know, you know, like the labeled podcast, they've talked some about how it's, you know, Really, it's all the same label. It's just you know how they use the different imprints as far as for marketing and stuff like that. Um, so what was you know what were some of the first tours you guys went on? What bands were you playing with on those tours, or did you do 
kind of some DIY touring before you know you kind of joined up with the rest of that scene. Yeah, we did we did a little bit of short like weekend stuff before we were signed to a record deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, afterwards, our first tour was with the Undecided and Element One Hundred One. Cool. Uh, was was really cool getting to know those guys. Uh, still friends with them to this yeah. day. Um, and I think that was like a I want to say like a six week tour. I mean, basically, once we got signed, we hit the road running and toured. You know, at least nine months out of the year for yeah. about three years straight. Um, toured with a lot of different bands. In fact, as we're starting to have these conversations now, more of that's coming <laughs> back because that's a long time ago. You know, I don't really yeah. remember everything that happened, but uh, we toured with Dogwood. Uh, we toured with uh, Further Seems Forever. Yeah, so just toured with a bunch of different bands over the years. Um, good time. Nice. And what? So what year did you guys uh, release your last record? And and what also when you first started touring, kind of. I know you had mentioned you were in college. So, at what what stage of life were you at when you you know made the jump to kind of uh, being you know in a, a full time touring band? Because I know that's like such a, I mean that's that's like a huge jump to you know for from any from any step. Sure. Um, yep. So uh, let's see. We signed the the record deal. Uh, I want to say fall of my sophomore year in college okay. and so uh basically after that first uh semester we dropped out of school all of us were in the same you know grade level and stuff dropped out of school and hit the road it was what we wanted to yeah how did your family and the rest of your bandmates families uh you know were they cool with that decision or yeah, hesitant. How, how did that go? Yeah, so one of the things is we had super supportive uh, parents mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and I think like any parent, they were slightly concerned, you know, that everybody goes and gets a college degree. That's what you're supposed to do and whatnot. Yeah. But they knew that we were chasing our dreams and they were they were supportive of that for the most part. Yeah. So there wasn't much of an issue. Right. Um, <laughs> So was the majority of your touring, or, or you know, did you get to do any touring kind of outside of that, uh, um, you know, the the Christian market? Did you guys get on on any like, you know, mainstream type tours? No, but we did play a lot of shows and clubs. Yeah, we we mostly toured with just Christian acts, some of the names, but there were some really cool bands we played with. Mm-hmm. I would say venue wise. Um, we probably played 50% churches, 50%, you know, clubs and, and other venues like that. Yeah. Uh, were, were you guys kind of looking to expand beyond that or were you just happy to be playing within that, uh, happy to have an audience at all? I mean, I know that's, you know, uh, you know it's kind of a mix cause I've talked, you know, I've talked to a handful of other people from bands from that era and it's, um, you know, a lot of. A lot of them have a lot of, you know, a lot of crap to talk about that whole, uh, uh, not necessarily bands, but the kind of the, the industry aspect of it. Uh, so I'm just you know, curious as, you know, what your experience was interacting with that industry. Yeah. So for, for us, you know, to your, to your first question, I don't think we necessarily cared 
who we played for. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just as comfortable playing in a church uh, or playing in some kind of club. Uh, as long as there was people there that wanted to hear us play. Understand some of the some of the experiences that a lot of the Christian acts had. And, and I would say, you know, maybe everybody else has a different way to describe this, but I think sometimes there was really unfair expectations put upon bands. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you had band members, A, who maybe weren't even Christians. You know, some bands didn't have all believing people in the group. Um, or maybe they were new Christians, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have some you know, a youth pastor at a church that you're playing uh, expects you to give up, you know, you get up there and give a, a gospel presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the band member has, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, which I can also understand from the youth pastor's perspective when they're being sent these marketing kits, you know, the for youth leader only packages that's kind of saying, hey, here's this great Christian band, you know, that you should have your your youth group listened to and stuff, I think they were kind of also being sold something wasn't necessarily true. Mm. So I think that where some of that conflict came in because they were expecting one thing when a band showed up, they were expecting it to be ministry minded. um, And maybe that wasn't exactly what the band's intent was, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, the band still needs to make money, you know, and the church is paid a lot better than, you know, a percent of the door at some club. Yeah. So I think that was part of the, the push and pull there. Yeah. yeah. So what what year did you guys put your last record out, and kind of what was the the catalyst to ending um, ending Hangnail as a as a touring act? Yeah. So the last year we put our last record out was in two thousand three, um, and basically what had happened at that point in time, you know, again, like I said, we were we were a band since eighth grade. Yeah. And, you know, in a sense, we were, we were brothers, uh, all four of us. We grew up together, and so sometimes we had some of the as well. Mm-hmm. And also at that point in time, you know, we were headed in different directions as far as life goes. Yeah. Uh, even musical desires and stuff, what we wanted the band to look like, all that kind of stuff, uh, life decisions. And we just kind of came to an impasse where it was like, we couldn't really get on the same page anymore. Uh, and we knew it was time to, to call it quits. Yeah. Now, did you all, Oh, sorry. What was that? No, I was just saying we, we all maintained our friendship after that, but I still think, uh, it was very difficult, uh, maybe for some more than others because some, some of us wanted to continue, uh, and others didn't as much. So, yeah. Uh, so did you, did you guys all kind of stay in the same? Are are you all still in the same area now? Um, you know, we'll get we'll get to the talk of the reunion, you know, in a minute. But uh, right, so you're you're all kind of still there in in uh, in Wisconsin. Yep, we all live in Wisconsin now. Um, uh, myself, Jacob, and Matt, we've we've lived kind of in the Kenosha area uh, pretty much our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick went on to play after Hangnail with a couple other bands and. Um, he also does mixing uh, and engineering and production work full-time, and so he was out in L.A. for a while, and he's kind of moved around, but he lives now in the Milwaukee area, so yeah, we're all kind of close to each cool. other. Cool. Uh, so was your, you know, I you know I don't know a whole lot about you. We've only interacted a little bit on the Internet, but I know that you're a, you're a pastor. Was that always kind of 
something that you wanted to do? What were you going to school for? You know, to be a pastor. What, you know, before you had uh, pursued the band. Yeah. So from a young age, uh, I wanted to be uh, either a musician full time or a missionary. Those mm. were kind of like the two things that were kind of on my heart. Um, and it was kind of neat to see how God kind of pulled those things together uh, in different ways in my life. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something with music. I knew I wanted to do something to share the gospel. I knew I wanted to do something um, involved with people. Those are kind of the, the three loves that I have. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that all kind of worked together. Um, started out doing the hangnail thing. But also, I, you know, I had a lot of experience doing worship music and stuff from my youth um, and my and uh, after hangnail was over, it, it was kind of a natural transition. I started out as a volunteer just doing that um, and kind of grew into this role. And now I've been in this role as a worship pastor for the last uh, 10 years plus. Cool. cool. Uh, so what, you know, what kind of spurred on um, you guys getting back together and making music again? So I kind of had this idea after that, and I forgot when it was, it might have been like 2013, 2014, I'm not sure, I might be getting the date wrong. Uh, there was a friend of ours who got married, and they really wanted our band to play at their reception. And so that was kind of the first thing that, you know, how could we say no to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the first thing we got together. It was fun. We jammed out the songs again, kind of, and we were still very rusty, but uh and we did the reception, but then people were upset because it, was, it wasn't it was a thing open to the public. And they knew that we had played again and they wanted to see us play. <laughs> so soon after we played a club uh, here in town, um, and that was fun. And then we did another show since then. So that was kind of what got things going a little bit again. Yeah. But uh, about three years ago, uh, since I'm a music pastor at a church, you know, around Christmas time, I'm oftentimes looking at the same old songs. So I try to do different arrangements, make them fresh. And I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point in time, I was like, I wonder what it would sound like if we did some of these Christmas songs, but with, with the hangnail twist to it. Yeah. Uh, so I started digging through the hymnal because I like looking back at like songs that are a little more obscure and aren't, aren't always used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started playing my acoustic guitar with some of these songs and kind of getting a feel for what would work out. Um, I had about eight songs that I thought could be pretty decent and kind of pitched them to the guys and slowly but surely we just kind of worked these out. Um, and really what it came down to, because uh, Nick did all the production on our on our latest recording. Mm-hmm. And he's a busy guy. Uh, he does that for a living. And so what kind of came down to when would he be able to do it or when would he want to do it? And yeah. this year... Sometime in October, he's like, hey, let's do it this year. Uh, we were just going to put it out independently, but um, he has done some work for BEC and Tooth and Nail uh, with his production side of things. Mm-hmm. And he had a contact there, and he said, hey, we're doing this. You know, just wanted to give you guys a heads up, and they heard it, and they were interested. And so it was kind of cool to get to partner with them again. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, I, I listened to I mean, I, I listened to it uh, when you sent me the tracks the other night, and I mean, I'm also like I love I love Christmas and I love punk rock. So, uh, you know, it was you know it was interesting too. I mean, I I've always kind of thought of you guys, obviously not lyrically, but 
sound-wise kind of in the same vein as like Bad Religion, and I just thought it was interesting that you guys, you know, put out this, uh, this, uh, you know, Christmas EP, you know, after they put out their Christmas record a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I, you kind of cut out there, so I think I could make... Were you talking about Bad Religion's Christmas stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, their Christmas stuff is, is amazing. And, yeah. And, and in some ways, when I started... You know, partly when we did these songs, I didn't want to just do songs that everybody had done before. Yeah. And so we did a couple on this uh, album, which are very familiar. Oh, Come All You Faithful, uh, oh, Come All You Faithful and Oh, Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also two that are pretty obscure, and I'm pretty sure you probably haven't heard them another punk rock band doing yeah. that before um and so definitely was listening through bad religion stuff and uh, was kind of surprised to hear how much they had done and, and it was really cool they did, that's one of my my favorite uh christmas rendition of those songs yeah yeah it was you know it's they i mean they're such an interesting band all the way around I, you know i was you know i think a lot of people were probably surprised to see you know what they did with that with you know kind of just playing those songs in their style and not really not really, you know, adapting lyrics to make them, you know, bad religion lyrics. Um, it was... I think they did on a few. If I recall, I think they did okay. adapt. Yeah, there might have been a, a couple tweaks. They, they kind of turned it on its head a little bit, just a few times, but not, not all throughout. And one yeah. side note on that, uh, the guys from Bad Religion actually hail from uh, Racine, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which is just uh, one county away from where we live. So. Okay. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, I'm a, you know, also, you know, big fan of them, so it's, you know, I think that they're always doing interesting, cool things. Um, you know, even if I don't always agree with the points of view, I think that they're very intelligent with how they present themselves. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I know you, you were, you said you were recording tonight. Now, was that for some more hangnail stuff? No, it's actually it was for church stuff. Okay. Uh, it actually is another arrangement that I'm doing of a of a Christmas song. Okay. I'm the expected Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a really fun arrangement that we're working on, but definitely does not sound like hangout <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Now, have have you guys? You know, do you have plans to you know to do, you know, another another record or EP of original new new stuff? So where we're kind of living, leaving it right now. We don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, we have been kind of kicking some demos around, kind of got some new ideas, you know, but part of it is, you know, we're all at that season in our life right now. We have young children. Yeah. It, it's really difficult to find <laughs> would be like to new music. So yeah. we're, we're kind of just seeing what people think of the Christmas hymns thing. If people are digging it and they, they want to hear more, um, then maybe something will come about down the road, but not sure yet yeah i mean it's you know obviously you know there's not really shows to be played right now um you know so was the you know the was it just kind of a timing thing that you know it happened during the pandemic and um so there wasn't like a big plan for you know another big reunion show or anything like that over a year ago um and so it really was just a matter of of nick having a little bit of free time uh, and being available to do it. And so we kind of knocked it out quick. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, you know, thank you so much for, you know, spending a little bit of time with me tonight and, you know, telling the story. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I really 
dig what you guys uh, you know have done and you know what you did with these new uh, with these new songs and I hope people enjoy you know hearing you you know talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, have you done any other other than you know church stuff? Have you done any other bands or is Hangnail like your has that always been like your your main um, creative output or have you done solo stuff outside of you know leading worship as well? No, it's been mostly music for the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always liked hardcore music a lot. My voice could never do that kind of music, but I, I was in a hardcore band way back in the day. Um, but as of late, it's just been mostly music for the church. Yeah. All right. Cool. I mean, hey, it keeps, it keeps you playing. That's right. Like, I, I uh, you know, spent a couple years as a, a worship leader, and uh, now that I'm not doing that, and also, like, now that, you know, COVID's going on, I don't play guitar nearly as much, even though, you know, even though a lot of times those, those chords aren't that hard, you know, <laughs> just, I'm not a, I don't have, my chops are not what they used to be, because I don't have a reason to get my, tar, my guitar out, like, twice a week. The, the mainstream worship music that's out there because it, it is kind of all the same thing over and over again and I kind of get tired of that yeah. so we try to make things you know as creative as we can and make it our own yeah yeah well it's it's nice to uh, nice to meet you I uh, you know I don't, who knows when the world will go back to normal and I don't even when it does I don't know when I'll be in Wisconsin so uh, <laughs> you know I'm in I'm in Rochester, New York, by the way. So I'm um, you know I don't know if I mentioned where I was at. So uh, did you guys ever play out in this this area? I was just gonna say uh, I remember there was a place I don't know if it still exists. It was called like the Penny Arcade yeah. or something like that. What is it called? It was it was called the Penny Arcade. That was before I lived here because I I lived in Pennsylvania. Um, okay. But uh, you know I, all of my friends from here their their bands all played at the penny arcade back in the day yeah it was a pretty cool venue like if i remember right they had all these like 80s like hair metal bands like pictures yeah yeah that makes sense and it's right up there right up there by lake ontario yep yeah cool man
You just heard some classic hangnail with all that you wanted. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Mike. I know I did. And uh, so, normally you guys know the drill. There's normally a week or two in between episodes. Um, uh, with, you know, this, this one being an exception. You know, with the holidays and everything, I've been a little busy. But, you know, within the next day or two, I'm going to be dropping the much anticipated at least on <laughs> for me uh the best of 2020 albums with john o'connell and uh jeremy and so yeah i mean you guys know the drill if you're regular listeners and you've heard myself talk with john and jeremy about our favorite music and that's what that next episode's gonna be specifically related to the year of our lord 2020 so be on the lookout check your feed if you're not subscribed to the podcast make sure you do that right now so you see when new stuff drops anyway i hope you guys all have a very happy happy new year and uh thanks for listening uh tell your friends to check this podcast out i think i've got uh, some really cool episodes banked now so i hope you guys you know, enjoy them and you know, give them a, give them some of your time. All right, much love.